Cool. Well, how's it? How's it, Shay? Um, <laughs> I'm excited to do this uh, because after our podcast that we did on my business of vibe, um, we kind of put our heads together and uh, I suggested that we do a regular, maybe quarterly feature. Maybe we can see if it develops into something more. Um, anyone listening can probably comment to tell us whether this was a good idea or not, um, because as per our discussions, we both tend to wing it, and um, not all of my uh, not all of my ideas have panned out like I thought they were going to. So um, I'm sure that you can feel that pain as well. Um, so yeah, if you, nothing ventured, nothing gained. So here we exactly. are. Exactly, uh, we had so much are. to talk about last time. So you know. I think we need more of a <laughs> Definitely, definitely. And um, I mean, there's a, the, the freelance community is growing um, and uh, there's a lot to speak about in terms of freelancing. So if, um, if we can provide some sort of illumination on various aspects and all the better for it. I mean, you've written the book on freelancing quite literally. So um, I'm sure that you will have more, more to contribute than, than I, but uh I'll, I will chip in with my two cents from time to time. So, <laughs> well, you know, the only way you learn is by doing, and we're both doing. And you know, everyone's <laughs> got a different experience, and no one's cracked it. So, I think that's the value of these kind of conversations. Yeah, yeah, and maybe, maybe just as a disclaimer, um, we need to just say that while we're, we're while we're providing um, actionable insight and advice, um, I mean. Uh, I'm speaking for myself. I'm definitely not an expert. I still make a ton of mistakes. I still mm -hmm. piss clients off and I, I still have to find clients. And um, we, we ran that uh, poll on LinkedIn and obviously finding clients is um, the biggest issue uh, that that came up on that poll um, that, that freelancers seem to, uh, to struggle with. But uh, I still struggle to find clients as well. So, um, yeah, let's, let's muddle through together, I suppose. Uh, I don't think there's anything like a silver bullet that we're going to discover. But, you know, maybe between the two of us and people putting their own flavor on it, they can, uh, you know, find it a little bit easier. Totally. Yeah. So I think, you know, everyone has got different things that work for them and it's a case of finding trying different things seeing what works for you at that moment you might have to mix it up um so being open and flexible to trying new things in different ways um so yeah hopefully from what we have to share um people will get some ideas about how to implement that in their own business yeah yeah so um let's dive in um because there's different ways of finding clients for different sections of your freelancing journey. I mean, if you're just getting into it, you're going to have a very different experience in trying to find clients versus, you know, you've been established. Like you and I have, we've both, you, I think you're six years, I've five years in. Um, so finding clients, I'm definitely not using the same techniques that I was mm -hmm. using uh, when I started. Um, so I don't know, I know that your journey was quite different from mine because you kind of, uh, eased your way in, you were freelancing while you were, uh, while you were working full time. I changed careers. I mean, I moved into writing out of, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, what I was thinking, but, um, I mean, I wasn't doing that before and I, I kind of cut over, I changed industries and I went from full-time corporate employment into freelance writing 
um, straight off the bat. So our journeys are quite different. I don't know if you want to maybe just kick us off and, and uh, kind of tell the people that are kind of easing their way in how, how you did it. Yes, I think, I mean, no matter where you are, whether you're in a full-time role and looking to side hustle or starting to freelance first time, uh, and I think you'll agree with me, the first place to look is within your own network. And what I mean by that is you're not only looking for people who will become clients, but just tell every single person you know that you see in the gym or have a bra with that this is what you're now doing. And be clear on, I'm Shay, I'm doing freelance writing for international brands and agencies, right? So that person that you speak to may well not be an international brand or agency or your ideal client, but they might come across someone who is your ideal client. So that person then becomes an advocate. And because they know you, they trust you. And that trust is the best kind of referral you can get. So my advice to anyone starting out is just talk to people because, you know, even the person that you're sitting next to on the plane, I know it's awkward. You don't want to speak to them for the, as many hours <laughs> as you're on the plane. But <laughs> you, you would be the worst person in the world for me to sit next to you on a plane. I'm like, put my earphones on immediately. Yeah. I'm like, um, look, if I if I had those business class things that can like yeah. separate us, I would uh, I would separate us immediately. <laughs> Don't worry, we know not to bother your kind, but <laughs> don't be ashamed that you're just starting out and don't be shy because that's where my business really started off was by people who are, who I already knew. And in fact, I actually started off consulting as well for my my company that I was working full time at. So, you know, don't look past those kind of options too. So really start with your network. And, you know, even if you've been established for a while, does everyone that you know, know what you're doing? I know not everyone wants to talk about work all the time and fair enough, but you're closing the door to that whole spider web of people that they know. So that's definitely mm. my first starting point. Yeah. Um, when did your website come in? Because when I started uh, my business, I spent like a shit ton of time setting up a website and, you know, like optimizing it for SEO and setting up all my uh, my social media platforms, uh, you know, I, I'm a PTY, so I trade under a company name, which is obviously one of the differences between us. Mm -hmm. um, but I set, I spent a lot of time setting up Facebook pages and uh, Instagram accounts and creating content and that kind of thing. But I mean, now five years in, I still don't get that much business off of my my Google, my business. I, uh, you know, I get the odd decent clients off mm -hmm. of my website, but a lot of them are time wasters. Um, so when, you know, when you're setting up a business, people are like, oh, get your website sorted out and all that kind of thing. I don't know if maybe right at the beginning, my focus was too much on the digital um, aspect of it and not enough networking, because essentially what it boils down to, if I'm understanding you correctly, is, is networking. Yes. So I was the opposite of you. So I only built a website, I think, last year, maybe the year before. Um, yeah. And my website, it, it, it is evolving, but it's more of a handy portfolio, somewhere to send people, and, you know, it's a source of credibility. I don't regret building a website, but I always say to people, don't wait for a website. You know, it can become a distraction to set up all mm. those digital platforms, and you don't know who you're talking to or where your business is going or how it's going to evolve. 
when actually, you know, your best business comes from that network and, you know, that network grows the longer you've been in the business and the more clients you get and, and, and. Um, So, I mean, I work in SEO. I do a lot of SEO. I didn't even bother with my own website because I figured maybe it's short-sighted of me. But I kind of thought, you know, there's so much competition out there. What are the chances of my website getting found? It's more likely that someone is going to hear about my name, my business, and Google me and find it that way rather than through organically searching for, say, copywriter in South Africa. So my Mm -hmm. focus was rather on finding the networks to whom I can supply my website address directly, and then they can find it that way. Not to say that the way that you went about it was wrong, but we all have limited time and energy and money. So in my opinion, what's worked for me is focusing on the network first and letting the rest follow. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm interested because, I mean, I don't even have any, I haven't got any business profiles, social profiles set up purely because I don't really... I'd rather focus the time on doing my client work than maintaining all those platforms. So it's a difficult one for all of us freelancers, especially, you know, us one-man bands, solopreneurs. We are, what we have is so limited. So how mm. do we spend it the best way possible? Well, I mean, it's optimizing your time, really. And, um, uh, you know, setting up a Facebook profile, um, one of uh, when we were chatting before, you said that um, one of your kind of suggested ways of finding clients is uh, going on and joining Facebook groups. Mm. Now, funny enough, I don't know how much work you've got from that. That has never worked for me. I I personally find those clients very low value. And I, I used to spend a lot more of my time trying to convince people why they need a copywriter. Um, or, you know, insert whatever you do on a freelance basis rather than actually them approaching me because they know the value of what I provide and immediately going into the project. Um, and I feel the same way about these kind of like Upwork and Fiverr. Uh, it's kind of you're competing on price um, mm. and the people that are there are essentially looking for professional services for all as cheap a price as possible. So I don't know if um, if those particular things, I've never invested much time into them. There was one that I um, I did kind of invest a bit of time in was called no sweat.work. Oh, um, yes. I've heard of that one. And mm. Yeah. Um, like the, the, the profiles are set up a lot better um, mm. and you can kind of link to, um, essentially it's, these companies contact no sweat. It's, it's essentially like a labor broker. Mm. They post the jobs on that site and you can then apply for them. But I've never, I've applied for so many. I've never received a single um, confirmation. I've never been hired off of mm. any online platform. Um, so, yeah, uh, do you put much effort into actually trying to source business from the likes of these platforms and, like you said, Facebook groups? So I have had a bit of success, but like you say, you have to do a lot of weeding and you have to kind of use your special freelancer spidey senses to get a sense of it's one, if it's one that's worth your time applying to. And I'll never apply for anything that doesn't have its rates up front because I don't want to waste time putting together mm-hmm. a beautiful proposal and sending emails and following up if they're going to be paying peanuts anyway. So with any kind of lead, I always make sure to get the pricing out the way first, that we're all aligned and no one's wasting their time. Um, so mm-hmm. I have had a bit of success. What I did on a Facebook group was I posted um, a portfolio and a bit about myself and said I've got some gaps in my schedule. And I actually ended up getting some decent work from that. Um, 
And then with regards to platforms, uh, yeah, I, I haven't tried them because I feel like there's, it's a race to the bottom. Um, and what mm-hmm. I enjoy about freelancing is my relationships with my clients. And I think sometimes going through those platforms erases that relationship and you just a service provider, not a valued partner. And I prefer to position myself mm. as a valued partner than someone who's just getting paid as little as possible to get a job done. Um, so I have avoided them for that reason. One that I have had success mm. with, which again, it's more like no sweat, more of a, a labor broker was one called Freelancing Females, which is an international group. And actually I didn't post myself on the platform. I just saw a job listed there that I ended up getting, which has been a really great client and we have a really great relationship now, but I guess that was more like a job board. So a bit different. So, you know, I can understand when you're starting out, it does seem like perhaps an easy way to get clients. Uh, Having not done it myself, I can't say for sure how easy or not it is, but it does seem like a lot of effort to create the profile, put in all that work to do your proposals only to, you know, be judged almost purely on price. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that I found, I mean, you, you've been talking a lot about relationships and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I found when I started is that, um, well, funny enough, this was one of the options on the poll that we ran. Like, do you have problems saying no? And everyone's like, no, you have to say no, because when you say to no to a, a low value client, you're opening up time for a high value client. But when you're starting out, um, that desperation you know, I don't know if you can really say mm. no at that stage. Um, I certainly didn't. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I, I started writing about all kinds of weird, mm. uh, like male fertility. And I've done, um, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 descriptions for, for some perfume brand, which yeah. that particular, um, that particular project wanted to make me stab my own eyes out. But, um, <laughs> so like, but you know, it's firstly, if you don't have a client, any client is better than no client. Yes. Um, and at least you are setting yourself up and creating a little bit of a portfolio that you can say, okay, like I have written for perfume brands. Um, so I can write for whatever is related i can write for your shampoo Mm. you know so um i don't know uh, how how do you feel about saying no um and i'm I'm speaking specifically now from the you've just gone into freelancing Mm. you're looking to get a base of clients um how how did you kind of deal with that Did, did you say no a lot in the beginning so, yeah, I mean, I've also had some absolute shockers. I was actually looking the other day <laughs> at some <laughs> side, side hustle work and I was producing about 20 articles a week for these people. And I think I was getting paid 50 rand an article, you know, for a good 800 oh, rand. Uh, I mean, yeah. 800 word article, you know, nowadays <laughs> I charge a hell of a lot more than that. But yeah, you have to, <laughs> you know, and that, so, yes, there is something to be said for take that something's better than nothing in order to build your portfolio. But mm. my caution is don't let that sap all your energy and all your time. So if you are spending eight hours a day on that work that's paying you peanuts, where are you going to find the time to find better clients? So, mm. you know, take on those sort of peanut paying prospects if you have to, but make sure that you're still putting in the time and effort to use that work to find better clients. So I think that yeah. would be my caution is don't let it take up all your time. Yeah. 
Um, now, you mentioned rates, and I, th- I want to just pick up on that. I know this is uh, kind of beyond the scope of finding clients, and it's a whole different mm-hmm. uh, podcast on its own. Um, but it does kind of factor in um, because what I found, because I was new, I was new in the industry. I had no track record. Um, I was still trying to grow my network. Um, I went in at a really low price point. And so, obviously, you know, if you're going to pay uh, – you know, not much money or, or, or if you're going to charge not much, you're going to attract like very low mm. value clients that uh, are going to really milk you for all your worth. Plus then you have the issue of when you increase rates, you're going to lose all of those clients, which in hindsight is not a bad thing. I got mm. rid of a lot of um, people that were really sucking my soul dry. But, um, you know, what what is your advice in terms of uh, setting uh, your rates when you're int- entering the the industry, um, obviously you're trying to look for some kind of differentiation uh, to to make yourself stand out from the crowd and make you attractive to people that you know want to use a copywriter or designer or whatever you freelance in. Um, you know where does the rates thing come in? Because if you go in too low, if you start writing blogs, I I was writing blogs like a thousand five hundred word blogs for five hundred bucks. And really, like people take advantage. Um, so as you have to kind of look long term as well as short term. So mm. what, what, how, how did you do it? Yeah. So definitely, I agree. Don't don't sell yourself short. So um, yes, I definitely when I started out was charging a lot lower than I did now than I am now, especially for retainer based work where I kind of um, just wanted. That to know I was getting that money every month, even though it wasn't a lot of money, it Mm. would be enough to make sure that it was covering my debit orders. So it gave me a sense of security. So because it was regular retainer work, it was almost discounted in a way, which isn't something that I would do now. But at the time, it helped me just make sure that I had enough money every month. So, but like you say, it's very important not to underprice yourself from the beginning and then you'll land up because then you need more clients and more work to make Mm. the amount of money that you need. And then you don't have space to look for better clients and build your portfolio and do your own marketing. So something that I've actually got on my website is a freelance rates calculator. And what that does is it kind of works backwards. So instead of you saying, okay, mm, let me look at this project. This is how much I think I'm going to charge you work out how much you actually need to make. So the calculator takes into account how many days a week you work, um, what holidays you want to take, uh, any public holidays, uh, amount, number of hours you want to work a day, your monthly expenses. And then from there, it works out sort of a minimum viable hourly rate. And I don't advocate charging by the hour, but what that does is it gives you a good starting point. So if you think, okay, this project is going to take me three hours, you can take your minimum hourly rate and multiply that by um, three and then add some buffer, of course, and play with Mm -hmm. it. But as a starting point, I would say use that as a figure that you never charge less than that. Because if you're charging less than that, you're not building a sustainable business. So that's kind of a different way of looking at it is how much do I need to earn versus how much should I charge? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
like I say, I don't want to bog the uh, the conversation down too much with rates. Mm. Um, now, I th- like I, th- I think that this is a whole different conversation, and it's worth exploring. Um, mm. Maybe maybe the listeners and the viewers um, can can let us know if that's maybe a, a topic that we we should dive into. But uh, yeah, get back to uh, back to the finding clients. Um, have you ever looked into joint ventures? Because no. uh, and uh, not like a legal uh legally binding thing but uh, let me let me tell you what i did during covid obviously a lot of the a lot of my clients were actually in the travel industry because i have a very rich travel industry mm-hmm. background so i knew people in that industry and so i had a lot of very very small clients and obviously with the pandemic and the lockdown the bottom fell out of travel and i re- needed to reinvent my myself very quickly and through a kind of network of people, you see networks once again, um, I, uh, I, I got into contact with a, uh, a designer and web developer that was based down in Cape Town. And uh, we had a good relationship. We, we kind of uh, hit it off on our very first meeting. And so we started offering joint packages. So she would develop the website and I would provide the copy. And we sold that together as a package. And we did get a lot of... Um, business i mean it was very small companies and it was a very low price point but that's how i kind of kept my my business afloat during covid um was working with somebody that offered a complimentary service um i don't know if you've got any experience mm. with that yes very similar so we haven't done it you know formally as a joint venture but um I've got a web developer friend and she sends all her clients to me to clean up their copy because it makes her job easier too, because I know how to lay it out for her so that it works yeah. the web. It's not just reams and reams of copy. So, and it's great. So yeah, we together. And then, you know, likewise, if someone comes to me and they need a website, I'll refer them to her. So I think those kind of partnerships are so powerful in the freelance world. And that's why also I really believe that your fellow freelancers are not your competition. And I think we've spoken about this, you know, they're actually, mm. A community that you can lean on. I mean, it's also been a lot of times where someone's approached me with a job and I said, mm, that's not quite right for me. Let me refer you to so-and-so who I know will be excellent. Um, so I think also growing your community, your network again of freelancers can be yeah, really yeah. powerful for those kind of ventures. And then I also do quite a lot of work yeah. for agencies, which I really enjoy where they'll get a project um, for example, a website copy project and they need someone, they're going to do the dev, they need someone to do the copy And I love it because they do all the admin with the client and organize the meetings and, you know, take the notes and do the, all the stuff that I don't really enjoy. And I get to just sit down and write. So that's also been something that's worked well for me. Yeah. I love those clients um, because I am the, if you looked up definition of introvert (laughs) in the dictionary, (laughs) there's a picture of me. I hate sales because it means speaking to other people. And like as much I know, <laughs> right? It makes no sense. <laughs> um, but funny enough, um, I'll get to this just now, but the podcast has actually played a massive part in me growing my business um, because of networking. So the podcast, I started out as one thing and it's developed this whole extra life of its own. And um, it's actually worked as a networking tool, <laughs> weirdly for me. Amazing. Um, but uh yeah, the um the the those type of clients where you have um and there's quite a lot of them out there. I mean, I work with two uh that they do all the sales, they find the clients and they will just bring you on as a freelancer for 
for the job. Though that's like that's living the dream, quite honestly. 100%. Um, and you get to work on <laughs> that. Mm. So, um, if nothing else, find a client like that um, mm. if 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 you can, because uh, those are um, are fantastic, and uh, the the amount of different projects that you get to work on mm. also um, that's fantastic. It, it helps keep your brain alive. Mm. <laughs> so. Um, we've okay, so that's how we started out. Um, now, obviously, we're a little bit more established. How are you uh, finding clients now? Is it purely networking? Because for me, I don't do a lot of cold calls and uh, reach outs and that kind of thing anymore. I still have a LinkedIn strategy where I kind of stalk people, and mm -hmm. if people want, if you want to know, like I'll tell you how I do that. Um, but uh, I've I've kind of got a couple of clients that way, um, but it's a lot of work. Um, yes. So most of my clients are coming from uh, from networking and referrals now. Um, are you finding the same thing? Yes, likewise. So I have created, what I also did though, was I had a look at who my ideal client is and I found a couple of companies. And to be honest, I haven't actually had time to go out and pursue those because my network's been keeping me busy. So um, that mm. is still something that I want to do is to do some, more of a cold outreach to those kind of companies. Um, yes. And LinkedIn has also been, I only started using LinkedIn this year, but it's been amazing just in terms of getting, yeah, those broader networks and international networks. So I would love to hear about mm. your LinkedIn creep strategy because I recently gained a contact <laughs> <laughs> who I would love to work for. But the last thing I want to do is hit up her um, inbox with one of those spammy, hire me kind of messages. So at the moment, yeah, um, like <laughs> yeah. So we connected on LinkedIn. I comment on her post. She comments on mine. I'm like, this is great. I'm sure she can see I'm a writer. She owns a um, a company that does thought leadership articles. So I would love to write for Ooh. her, but I don't want to yeah. pitch myself just yet. So please, please tell us, spill the tea on your strat. Okay, so. Um You've done all the hard work already. <laughs> so yeah. let me start off how, how I actually find these people. So I will simply Google uh, marketing agencies in London, for example. And, you know, you, got your, uh, you, you get your list and you go into them and you kind of suss out whether this is kind of a place you would like to work for. Like, uh, is it in the right industry? Is it in... Uh, uh, do they actually have jobs open? Uh, some some of them list careers and stuff on their website. Mm. Do they have openings available? That kind of thing. Then I take all that information and I go to LinkedIn and I find these companies on LinkedIn. And I go to the staffing page and then I make friends with like the MD, the ops manager. I say make friends, but you know, what does it yeah. call on LinkedIn? Connections. You follow connect. Uh, connect. And do you send a message when you connect, like to intro yourself? Um, so, yes. So, usually I'm like, hi, I'm Megan. Um, I'm a freelance. Uh, depends on if you kind of look at their, uh, at their posts. Um, you can kind of suss out whether they would, what type of message they might respond to. Usually it's something generic, like I'm looking to grow my network um, and mm. uh, looking at your profile. It seems like we have synergy, you know, maybe throw in mm. a couple of corporate words. Some mm. people like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, you connect that way. Then 
do what you do, you know, comment on posts, um, make sure that they see you so that mm. because what I think the stat is online that you have to have something like 10 or 20 yes. touch points before you even notice the person um, and then I would probably go in with a um, I see you know I, I try and link it back to something that they've co uh, posted on so yes. I see that your company has recently won an award um, congratulations, etc. Um, I actually wrote a campaign on a similar project, um, and I would be very keen to work with you um, on on something similar in the future. Um, You're so, sophisticated yeah, sophisticated. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. So um, I <laughs> I always tell people I stalked you on on LinkedIn, and my my other half is like, you really should stop telling people that you stalk them. But, um, like, really, that is quite yeah. literally what I do. I, I watch people. Um, I am the, the wallflower at the party that is watching the room. Um, and you can pick up a lot from people watching. And I kind of refined that skill um, during COVID when we didn't see anyone in real life. Yeah, <laughs> so, amazing. And I have, I have got business. I have got business. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I actually ended up working. Uh, I ended up working for a, a marketing agency, and I was doing all of their blogging and all of their social for all of their clients. Jeez. So uh, you know, it's um, it's it does work. Unfortunately, that was before I put my prices up. So when I put my okay. prices up, I lost them because they didn't want to pay more than five hundred bucks for a blog. Okay. So you know, um, but it created that created it kept my my bank balance mm. okay. And opened up space uh, for for better better paying clients further down mm. the line. So yeah, that's so how do that's people typically respond to that stalking? Do you normally get like a friendly, professional kind of response? Um, it's it comes down to how you kind of structure your reach out message and um, and that kind of thing. Usually, if you ask them a question. Generally, they tend to um, to respond. So, uh, you know, I saw you posted uh, on. I, I work mainly in the tech sector now, so um, I see you posted on uh, Voltic Agriculture, for example, which is weirdly uh, plants growing plants underneath solar panels, which is like okay. a new thing. So, but I saw, you know, um, could you tell me more about that? Because I'm right, I write in the tech sector, and I'm very interested hey. in this technology. Um, and it starts a conversation. So mm -hmm. it's it's very much like in-person networking. Yes. And I don't know if you've been to in-person. Um, mm -hmm. I've been to a couple in-person and online. Um, there, there's quite a few of them you can attend where you are. Um, you're at a table of people. And uh, they're like, don't sell yourself. Just get to know mm -hmm. each other. And mm -hmm. so you turn to the person next to you. And the first thing they, they do is like, I run this company. Are you interested in buying my product? And you're like, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so it's it again comes down to I suppose networking tactics and your ability to build relationships. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. and I suppose it's also it's not about telling them they need something. It's about uncovering their need and seeing if you can help them with that. So you know, in your example, yeah. networking person who said, "This is what I do. Here's my product." How do they know that you are even vaguely interested, you know, or, you <laughs> exactly. know, or have any kind of need? So, yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's basic, I guess, sales and marketing to understand the need before trying to push a service. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And weirdly, this is how my podcast has actually come in and started featuring as like the most amazing networking tool. Um, I've made some really good connections um, by inviting people as guests because you are not selling your service. You are gen like, well, I am genuinely interested in what people have to say. Mm. And um, what the podcast started as um, I was too cheap to invest in a business coach. So the podcast was a way for me to get free business advice from people <laughs> that seemed successful. Genius. <laughs> like come on my show and tell me how you how you did this. Yeah. And like people love speaking about themselves. They so do. you just ask a few questions and they're like, you know, and um then they have a good experience. They will tell somebody else. And then they contact me like, I'm in, uh, would you like to interview someone that does, you know, ISO regulations? And you're like, I don't know what that is, but sure. <laughs> and then that person comes on and they're like, oh, would you be interested in speaking to somebody at a marketing agency? And I'm like, now you're speaking my language. Yeah. You yeah. Know, um, so it's, um, it's uh, it, the, the podcast has, like I say, it, it's in the public domain and a lot of that information that I get from the guests is really interesting, but it's structured in a way that I'm asking you about yourself. Please, please tell me about yourself. I'm really interested in knowing. And like, I, and I mean that genuinely, like I really mm. am interested in what makes other people tick and how they run their businesses. But um, that that is networking 101. Ask people about themselves, ask them what they do, ask them what makes them different and they mm. will talk your ear off. Um, mm. And that's be a human. basically how you start building those relationships. Yes, mm. exactly. Being a human. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, I know you don't have a podcast, but um, like networking tips, because essentially what all of this is boiling down to is you find clients through networking. Mm. Um, so do you have any tips? Hints and tips in your in your bag of magic tricks that that you regularly rely on. Yeah, so I think I mean there's a number of different ways to network, which is what is so amazing also about this big wide world we live in. But I would also urge people not to get stuck on digital networking only, because there really is something to be said mm. about seeing someone's face, shaking their hand, whatever it is, that it's almost like an immediate trust signal. So, you know, provided these are the kind of advocates that you're after to look within your community, you know, um, for example, I recently did a talk for our Howick um, hospice and, you know, mm. it's not necessarily my client base, but I actually ended up selling a lot of books and um, just getting some really good feedback and um, getting my name out there a bit. So, of course, you don't want to say yes to everything. But And you do have to be selective mm. to agree, but find your people, find your community. So, you know, even here, just there's a small group of us who live in the same kind of area and we have a WhatsApp group. We meet for coffee every now and then. It's not a sales thing. We actually all are just female business owners, but it's been a great way. I mean, that's how I got to work with my friend who's a web developer. Like that's where mm. that joint mm. partnership came from. So it's amazing. All these little snowball effects that that kind of take place because every person knows however many hundreds of people. So every one person you speak to, you're actually reaching that person plus their whole network too. Um, yes. So that's, so don't be afraid of those face-to-face -face activities. Go to interesting talks. Um, 
you know, chat to people there. It's, I know, you know, you, and you don't have to be an extrovert to do it. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of these yeah. things are set up in a way that encourage dialogue and encourage conversation and teamwork. And, you know, a lot of places there's like a Midlands networking biz where they have interesting speakers and you learn things about your business and then just also get to chat to fellow business owners. So those are some, yeah. some of the sort of face-to-face -face stuff. Um, and then online. So I'm part of a Facebook group. It's a, it's quite huge. It's about 40,000 people called uh, oh, wow. Freelancers South Africa, I think it is. So look, there's a lot of stuff that you, it's definitely scroll and move on, but um, mm. there's a lot of learnings, a lot of people asking questions and you can contribute to that kind of thing. Freelancing females is another really great international one. Um, and although, you know, I'm not, my client base isn't other freelancers, it just opens those doors for other kinds of opportunities. Um, mm. And then, yeah, definitely continue building your network on LinkedIn in a genuine non-salesy way as as you've described so yeah. i'd say those are kind of my top networking activities what about you um yeah linkedin has been a good one for me um but i don't know like i love linkedin it's really the only social media that i invest mm. much time in but i have seen there's definitely a decline in the in the uh, the type of content that's being posted. I think yeah. people that are tired of Facebook are going on LinkedIn and posting the same stuff on LinkedIn because mm. there's definitely been a decline in the quality of the the posts. But right now, LinkedIn is still um, still the 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 top one for online. Um, if you can, um, there's there's obviously paid options and free options mm -hmm. because I'm the biggest cheapskate in the world. I always try and go for the cheap, the yeah. cheap non. No pay options, um, but uh, yeah, try and find like little small community networking groups. Um, in our area, uh, Hershes used to have like a, a networking morning every two weeks, um, and then they they would ask one of the attendees to actually do a presentation, um, and they'd get like a guest speaker. And so uh, I don't actually know if those have been running since um, since COVID, but. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of like almost underground networking mm. things happening. You just have to, uh, you know, you have to kind of suss out where to find them. But once you do, um, you know, you you can definitely um, find uh, find people that you have synergy with. And, and mm. generally, once you've built that relationship, they will then uh, refer you. I, I did get a, a fair amount of business out of the Hirsch Group. Um, the, the podcast obviously is my, my major networking mm. tool. Um, and then, yeah, uh, attending, I've attended all kinds of online and offline networking events. Um, everything from, uh, the NSBC, which is the National Small Business Chamber. They, uh, they, I don't know if they still got a digital one. I know uh, they've got a, an in-person one at the moment. Um, and, uh, then you've got groups like BNI, Business yeah. Network wow. International. Um, and personally, that wasn't my vibe. It was a little bit too rah-rah for me. But um, I mean, if you if you go to one of the uh, the free meetings, because as a guest, I think you can attend two or three mm -hmm. meetings for free before they make you join. Um, but uh, I mean, there's so much business referral between members of those groups. It's insane. I mean, like mm -hmm. the stats are uh, are in the millions of rands. So yeah, um, networking, 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 um, and uh, uh, just kind of like an aside to that. When you are working for somebody, whether it's a one-man band or a, a company, 
I've found if you make like as a writer, uh, I, if you make friends with the traffic person or the ops manager, like if they leave and move on, they tend to remember you. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, that is like uh, kind of blur that line. Be careful how you do it, though, but blur that line between professional and personal. Like mm-hmm. I am really bad at people's names, <laughs> but I'm really good at remembering people's dogs. So <laughs> if, if like uh, uh, one of the ops managers that I work with, um, we we were chatting the other day. I've got a dog, which is she's a geriatric granny, and I'm at the moment she's refusing to eat unless I feed her with a teaspoon. So I was telling this ops uh, this ops manager about it, and yesterday out of the blue, I got a picture of her her brown lab and she's like look mine's also now you know so it's like stupid little things like that that Mm. kind of add to the relationship and make you rememberable because I think that Mm. is as a freelancer you're not seeing these people every single day you're not um you're not going into the office you are working on a project and then you disappear so if you can make yourself memorable in some way um, you're, you're kind of already separating yourself from the masses and making sure mm-hmm. that people, um, that, that you're top of mind when they, when they need a freelancer. Definitely. I'm so on board of that. And I mean, you'll know from the travel industry, it's all about delighting. So, you know, mm. I could go to the hotel, I've read the reviews, I know what to expect. I know the kind of experience I'm going to have. But if someone does something above and beyond, it's that wow factor. And the wow factor is what makes you tell a friend, you know? Mm. So in the same way with your work, what can you do? And it doesn't have to take a lot of time or cost you any money, but what can you do to make your client's life that much easier or that much better? Or, you know, something that they would want to tell someone else about, and maybe that's more business for you. So always look Mm. for those little opportunities to just go above and beyond. And even if you don't go above and beyond, just like you say, just be a nice person. You'll be surprised yes. how many people will put up with average work if it's a nice person. I'm not saying do average work, but no, I'm saying sure. you can get away with it if you're a really nice person. You yeah, know? because it's it's always harder to fire the nice person as well, you know. Exactly. So um, <laughs> like, I don't want to. That person is so nice. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> And in the meantime, just work at getting better what you do while being nice. But yes. that's I mean, a whole other conversation oh. we can have is is upskilling and um, mm. you know um, one thing uh, you know we, we're speaking about making yourself stand out from the crowd. Um, have you noticed that all freelance writers, all they ever speak about on LinkedIn is writing, like? Yes. <laughs> I I don't want to follow you because I know about writing. Um, Who are you trying to convince? Like write about, I don't know, this is my new strategy and it seems to be Mm. working. Write about stuff that you write about. Um, Mm. You know, it it helps you kind of position yourself for for clients as well. So Mm. no one really cares that you know how to structure a blog, um, but they are interested to know whether you know your stuff in terms of what their company's product or service is. So So I think that's where, you know, you make a good point about writing to what your target market is interested in. So, Mm. you know, they're not writing the blog posts. They don't care. They expect you to be able to know how to structure a blog post. So always keep that in mind with any kind of marketing or content that you're putting out there. So for me, it's a little bit different because my LinkedIn, I kind of started actually to promote my book. So my Mm. LinkedIn is a lot more, my focus is, would a fellow freelancer find this post helpful? So it's actually not Mm. so much targeting my client base as my 
sort of audience for the book. But mm. that being said, I've still had a number of, um, you know, previous connections, um, prospects reach out as a result of me posting on LinkedIn, even though they haven't liked or commented on any posts, they say, Oh, I've seen you've been active on LinkedIn. So just remember also that, um, just because your content isn't necessarily being engaged with, it doesn't mean that it's not being seen. Sorry, that, mm, mm. that totally took a roundabout um, turn no, there with I, what I was saying, but both I, points make yeah. sense. <laughs> I, um, I am, uh, you know, I am the worst podcast host in the world because I am a lot, I err a lot, and I process my thoughts by speaking. So I go on these really round-the-world trips to get to the point. So that was really succinct to me. <laughs> well, whoever's here is still listening to both of us. So, you know, 45 minutes in, so we can't be that awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I mean, I'm, um, I think that there's, there's a lot to be said about, um, you know, branding and marketing yourself and like target audiences. I mean, these are all sub subjects that we can dive into. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Let's let's uh, maybe round off this conversation. Um, and uh, yeah, what what is your takeaway point? Like, if if somebody had to press stop right now and walk away to find a client, what would your uh, what would your tweet be? Like, how do you after hmm. all we've discussed? How how do you uh, how do you find a client? <laughs> I think leverage your network. I think that's yeah. kind of where most of our conversations have actually landed up is, you know, whether it's been a very direct way of going about it, a more indirect way, it's all about those networks and trust. Mm. Yeah, ditto. Um, it's, it's, it's all about who you know. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it really is. And Un unfortunately, that's the way the world works. But uh, yeah, uh, it's who you know and make sure that they know you. Be yes. a lack of person to work with. Um, and uh, and that's immediately going to put you top of mind for for the next project they've got. Mm, agree. Cool. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that went quite well. Um, this is obviously the little the little pilot tester. Mm. Um, but if there are any people still listening or watching at this stage, uh, please pop in the comments um, whether this was useful, if you found it useful. And if so, uh, I think we, we discussed maybe doing this as a quarterly thing. Um, but maybe people want it more often. They don't want it at all anymore. Um, uh, please give us your feedback. Uh, and if you do want to hear, uh, tell us in the comments what you'd like us to chat about next. Mm -hmm. um, so, and also yeah. any other questions about finding clients or anything based on what we've said today um, that you'd like us to dig into. Yeah, I think mm. important for both of us is that this is the listener's platform, not our own. You mm -hmm. know, we're mm -hmm. here to help. Sure. So, um, yeah, don't be, don't be shy to ask those questions and demand of us what you need. Yes. Um, and well, I mean, uh, I'm sure you are as well. I'm super transparent. If I don't know something, I will try and find out for you. Um, all I can do is provide context from my own yes. experience. So, um, yeah, hopefully what I've been through and what you've been through is helpful to somebody else going through the same exactly. thing. So, yeah. Awesome. Let Thanks, Jay. mistakes um, for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been fun. I, I really hope that uh, we get to do it again. Um, it, Me too. It's, uh, we, I wait with I wait with bated breath uh, for the response from the audience. 
Awesome. Thanks so much, Megan. Hopefully chat soon. Okay. Bye. Follow the Business of Podcast on my website, megamillist.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at Megamillist. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Megan Darcy, M-E-G-A-N-D apostrophe A-R-C-Y. Chat soon.